0: Social Security
1: Administration, who's going to help you? Um, yes, I received a call to, uh, about this number that I should call back about my Social Security. So
0: when did you receive
1: the call? Oh, it was about, uh, I don't know, it was maybe, maybe an hour ago. It was on my voicemail. And this is about my Social Security, is that right? Yes,
0: so how old well are you?
1: How, how, how old am I?
0: Yes.
1: I, 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 I am 84 years old. Welcome to Enemy of the Surveillance State, where we discuss news tips and open source tools to help you protect your privacy in an age of mass digital surveillance. I am your host, C. Mitchell Shaw, and this week we'll be discussing the corruption of the NSA and how its very existence threatens not only the privacy of Americans, but the very security it promises in exchange for that privacy. We'll also discuss the ongoing war on encryption and I'll be introducing a new segment that I'll call Messing with the Scammers this week on Enemy of the Surveillance State. right. So that sound clip at the beginning is the first part of this new segment that I'll be introducing. It's where I call up scammers and take them for a ride. We'll get into that a little bit later in the show. Right now, the NSA and just how corrupt the agency is. After all, what would you call an agency that spies on American citizens while denying they do it and then also puts America at risk while doing it? That the NSA spies on American citizens is well-known and well-documented, especially by the Snowden leaks. That the NSA denies doing what we all know it does is equally well-known and documented. I've covered that in previous episodes of Enemy of the Surveillance State. Just go back and listen to those. What is less well-known but still very well-documented is that the NSA is a risk to national security. This, of course, is intricately tied to the value of encryption in the hands of ordinary citizens. The NSA and their surveillance hawk buddies in Congress want back doors into your encryption so that you can keep secrets, just not from them. I dealt with the value of privacy, even if you have nothing to hide, in the very first episode of this podcast. If you've not already heard that episode Go back and check it out after you finish listening to this week's episode. The bottom line is that privacy matters, and it is never about what you have to hide. It is always about what you have that is worth protecting. Right now, even as the surveillance hawks in Congress are pushing forward for the Earn It Act, which would effectively end all meaningful encryption by forcing the companies and organizations that make it to create backdoors for government, that same Congress is seeking answers to how the NSA sacrificed national security by creating back Can we just spend a moment on the irony of the fact that NSA stands for National Security Agency? National security is in the name. It should be the agency's prime directive. But this case from 2015, that's right, five years ago, shows that these bumbling idiots while spending time even then trying to undermine your ability to encrypt your communications and your data at rest, failed to protect or project the lines of their idiotic plans and managed to throw the USA wide open to our enemies. In March of 2016, I wrote an article for the New American Magazine. I'll put a link in the show notes about this. This was right at the time That the FBI and Justice Department were fighting Apple in court over the encryption of Saeed Farouk's iPhone. Here's how that article begins. As the Apple FBI case heats up, surveillance hawks continue to insist that backdoors into the encryption that protects smartphones are necessary to address the threat of terrorists and other dangerous criminals going dark. But one of the most respected voices in computer security says that solution is more dangerous than the problem it proposes to solve. The article quotes an article from John McAfee, where he lays out the case against backdoors and what he calls weaponizing software. He wrote, I will give an example of what happens in the real world when backdoors are put into software. On December 17th of last year, Juniper Networks, a major provider of security network systems, Whose customers include nearly every U.S. government agency announced that it had discovered two unauthorized backdoors in its systems. In short, here's what happened. The NSA and its British counterpart, GCHQ, inserted backdoors into 13 models of firewalls made by Juniper. The idea was that uh, those Created vulnerabilities would allow the NSA and GCHQ to spy on other nations that use those firewalls to protect their systems. But shock and awe, it backfired. Because remember who else was using Juniper firewalls? That's right, the US government. And while those firewall backdoors were discovered by our enemy, they just walked right in and looked around. McAfee wrote this. The internet underground knew of these backdoors within weeks of their release. And so did the Chinese. And so did the Russians. And so did every hacker on the planet. Monitoring changes within major software systems is the simplest of all things. Every hacker toolkit contains a compare program that will outline all changes made to a piece of software by the manufacturer. Disassembly tools tell the hacker what each change does. Did you get that? So do you folks remember when China hacked the Office of Personnel Management and stole the personal information of millions of Americans? They used those NSA GCHQ backdoors to get into those systems. Oops. Now, before we get into where we are now on all of this, I want to go ahead and introduce this new segment of the show. If you like it, I'll be doing it again from time to time. Okay. Uh, And so here's what happened. I was frustrated last week by a scam attempt, and it occurred to me that I've got a lot of great sound recording equipment and a love for prank phone calls. My apologies to all my friends' parents when I was young. So I decided to call one of the scammers up and have some fun. This is Messing with the Scammers.
0: (music) Social Security Administration,
1: who can to help you? Um, yes, I received a call to, uh, about this number that I should call back about my social security. So
0: when did you receive the call?
1: Oh, it was about, uh, I don't know, it was maybe, maybe an hour ago. It was on my voicemail. And this is about my social security, is that right? Yes,
0: so how old are you?
1: How, how, how old am I?
0: Yes.
1: I, 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 I am 84 years old.
0: So, sir, can you verify me a first name and a last name along with your area zip code?
1: My area zip code. Uh, my first name is George and the last name is Jefferson.
0: G O
1: G E G O R G No, no. G E G E O R G E And my last G E O R G E and the la- uh-huh. the last the last name, last name is is jefferson
0: jefferson
1: j-e-f-f-e-r-s-o-n jefferson george jefferson
0: okay
1: now i've been uh, i'm retired now from the dry cleaning business but i've been drawing my social security for many many years now and I don't want there to be any kind of a problem with that. So is there a problem with my social security benefits? Ma'am so
0: me, okay. So, so her, I got some confidential information regarding your social security number. So if you're aware about this situation, I will go ahead and I will give you the complete information and according to your statement only I'm gonna update your file to my senior officer who's gonna investigate regarding this case. So before I give you any information, I just want to make it sure that I'm giving the right information to the right person. So I'm George, I'm George George,
1: George Jefferson. Yeah, that's I'm me. asking
0: Yes. So just confirm the four-digit number of your social number. Only the last four-digit number. Oh,
1: the last four digits of my social security number are 1099. 1099. That, that's correct.
0: Okay. So are you uh, living alone or with your family? Are you at home or are you somewhere else?
1: Mr. I, George. I, I am at home. I, I just live here with my wife and, and, and our okay. housekeeper, Florence.
0: Um, Okay, so uh, this is your cell phone number or this is your home phone number? It's
1: Yeah, that is that is my phone number. Yes, that is.
0: Okay. Is this the first time you're getting a call? Yes, oh, this
1: yes. This is
0: the second time you're getting no, a no, call? No, it's the this very, the the first very first, very first
1: call, time. Right? And so I was very concerned because we rely on that Social Security check. It's very important to us.
0: Okay, the reason behind us office- of this call is to to know that in order to suspend your social security number on an investigation. Oh no,
1: no, 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 no. Please please don't please don't do that. If you suspend my social security number, I won't get that check.
0: So this is just an investigation call, I'll let you know. Just calm down, okay? Oh, I'll oh, please like- Please, please we don't raise your voice at me.
1: Your my, social- oh, my high blood pressure is very bad, and please don't raise your voice at me and and don't don't cancel my social security number, please, young lady.
0: we are not saying that we are going to block your social security number. Okay, this is just an investigation call, just to make sure that whether uh, you are the you are the one who the social using your social security number excess or not. That is the reason only. We're just calling you up.
1: Okay. Okay. Well, I guess that's fine then. I I appreciate the phone call. So so what do we so need? have
0: you have you ever been in the state of Texas? I was born. Yes, in, have I, you ever been in the state of Texas? I was
1: born in Texas. Okay,
0: you born in the state of Texas?
1: Yes, I was born so there. What do you do in, for in, your living? In nineteen thirty six, June second, nineteen thirty six, I was born in 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 Amarillo, Texas. Okay. And I lived there and I ran a, right. a dry cleaning company for many, many years. And then we. Okay, and, and then it did very well. Uh, and finally, mean- me and my wife, we were able to move on up to an apartment on the east side where we did very okay, well so for a long time.
0: This is. Do you uh, have any knowledge regarding this uh, address? It's 7609 Claremont. El Paso, Texas, El Paso, Texas, Victory 79835. Do you know oh, about this? Sandwich? No, I,
1: I never lived in El Paso, ever, ever. I did sometimes buy the salsa that they make there, that old El Paso uh, salsa that you eat with your chips. It's very good. Have you ever tried that?
0: No. No. Oh,
1: it's so, very so inv- good.
0: So uh, the investigation was started under your name and your social security number when we found an abandoned car in the South border of Texas. Okay. Oh,
1: you know we- what that probably was? My son, we called him Lamont. It was his uh-huh. middle name. Uh, and he was running drugs back and forth from Mexico with those uh-huh. illegal aliens. And he was running drugs uh-huh. up into Texas. And then, and then he uh-huh. got shot by those drug dealers back, uh, I think that was, uh-huh. oh, I don't know. It's been a couple years now. I don't really remember.
0: Okay. So, uh, so we have found the six bank accounts that were linked with your social security number, okay? Right. That we was, that was when account. I
1: was laundering money for the mafia, I didn't really understand all of it. It was my son that got me into that, but we sure did make a lot of money helping those Italians to launder that dirty money. I'll tell you that. It's kind of funny because see, I ran a dry cleaning mm-hmm. business and then we were laundering money. <laughs> you see that's kind of a, a kind of an ironic thing. Yeah, all of those were my bank accounts, but they were because Damn. we were we were laundering illegal money. From the drugs my son was running with the Mexican cartels, and also those Italian mafia people. Okay. And 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 so the, still you are doing that. Oh yes, there's quite a bit of money to be made doing that if you don't mind taking the risks. It's sort of like an investment, you know, like how you've invested. Oh, a little over 10 minutes in this phone call and an opportunity to try to scam me. And what you don't really realize is that I've been recording this for an episode of Enemy of the Surveillance State. Now, did you hang up on me? Because that would be rude. All righty then. So that is messing with the scammers. If you enjoyed that as much as I did, let me know in the comments and I'll do more of those from time to time. It's not going to be an every episode thing, but... You know, I figured we'd just break up the monotony. You know, we're talking about all this really kind of negative stuff sometimes. And it might be a lot of fun every now and again to just yank a scammer around and kill his time and let you enjoy the the outcome of that. Uh, so anyway, last week, getting back to the show, last week, 13 U.S. representatives and senators sent an open letter to Juniper asking the results of the company's investigation and to just what the heck happened and who was behind those back doors. I'll put a link to a couple of articles about that in the show notes, as well as the uh, the open letter itself. And not for nothing, but those 13 congressmen are all opposed to the Earned Act. Whether Juniper will ever reply with any answers, and if so, whether those answers will ever be made public, is anyone's guess. The point is that the Earned Act is beginning even in Congress to be seen for what it is, a dual threat to privacy and national security. And it was people just like you that are responsible for that because a petition to Congress with more than 500,000 signatures told them to oppose this terrible piece of legislation. And some of them are listening. If the Juniper episode teaches us anything, it is that sacrificing privacy is always a bad idea so keep standing up keep fighting because privacy matters and because of that i want to ask you to do two things as soon as this episode is finished first like share and subscribe to this podcast friends don't let friends get spied on make sure that others know about this show so they can listen too. second if you've not already done it Please consider supporting Enemy of the Surveillance State by checking out the Patreon page and the merchandise line. I'll put links in the show notes. Did you know that you can support Enemy of the Surveillance State for as little as $5 a month? See, I had to make a decision early on when I launched this show, and I decided not to accept advertisers because I want you to know that if I recommend a tool or a product, it's because I use it and trust it, not because the person who made that product paid me to say so by being listener supported i can maintain that integrity so please consider helping if you can finally thank you for listening this show would be worthless without you and i really appreciate your time to listen to it enemy of the surveillance state is written recorded by and produced by me c mitchell shaw original theme music is by mike levitt He's a real pro and a great guy. If you need music for anything, check his link in the show notes and reach out to him. He won't let you down. He's just a great guy. God bless you. Stay safe. Protect your privacy. And I'll catch you next week on Enemy of the Surveillance State.